hosted by Jason Bryan and providing the latest insights on telecoms trends from around the world. This is Rocco Radio. Hello there, I'm Jason Bryan, CEO Rocco Research and welcome to The Slice, a series of podcasts dedicated to the industry's biggest trends. On this show, I speak with Henning Lagerwilke, Director BSS at Enchals Networks. Following the recent developments by the GSMA in creating the billing and charging evolution, we wanted to get some fresh thinking on what BCE really means for the roaming business. As we know, producing new standards is one thing, but getting them established is a much bigger challenge. With the help of Henning from Enchhouse, I had the chance to ask the big questions on what BCE really means for the industry, and most importantly, what's its potential. I see that the, the billing and charging evolution is definitely the most interesting trend for 2021. This, I think this is the year where many was hoping for voice over LTE to kick off. I think it will, but in parallel, we will see a drastic need for BC agreement to support IoT and 5G roaming. While we're always trying to improve the sound quality of our interviews, on some occasions, it's not always possible to guarantee perfect sound. Please forgive some parts of this recording where we experienced some sound issues. So Henning, what is your role in Enchance? Uh, my role today is our strategies around BSS. I'm working a lot with all the aspects of our BSS portfolio together with uh, with my team. So I would say that that's my main main focus. And Henning, your last name is Liger Bilk. Did I pronounce it correctly? If you pronounce it correctly, uh, I will be impressed. It's Lager Bielk. Yeah, <laughs> really, really old ancient family name. It's just our family that has this name. So it's. Uh... Ah, and where are you from, Henning? Well, I'm based it's... in Sweden, uh, on the west coast outside Gothenburg. And this is basically in Enchals where most of our BSS teams, so to say, development teams and, and uh, product management, etc., is uh, based in the Nordic regions I was in, in Europe. Uh, Denmark, Sweden is, is uh, by far the most represented countries. So I'm, I'm Swedish, moved to Gothenburg 20 years ago. And well, obviously Sweden has a long telecoms history. Scandinavia as a whole is very interesting from a telecoms history perspective. It seems to me there's so much innovation, a lot of work being done, which is very unique. Henning, how did you get into the telecom sector? It was, I never planned it. I got an opportunity when I was doing my master thesis in computer science and mathematics. And um, I got the chance to join as a trainee for a company called EHPT, Ericsson HP Telecommunications at that time. And that was a fantastic journey. I, I um, had never thought about working in the telecommunications industry before uh, joining that company, but that opened up like the big perspective of all the things that are happening around telecommunications. So I, I joined as a trainee of that company. It was in 2000, so it was the end of 2000, which is, was in the dot-com boom, which, yeah, it was um, kind of turbulent years after, after I joined. I, I was lucky to be in a, in a position where I could actually 
evolve and keep myself very busy in, in especially in the wholesale space uh, actually I, I always worked in the business side of, of telecommunications and uh, joined that company and uh, got to see the world got to work with customers which was a fantastic experience started up as an integration engineer but uh, in the BSS space in the in the billing space but quickly evolved into uh, wholesale interconnect and roaming and put a lot of efforts in that time into our roaming solution Ericsson was partly owner of this company and they also bought the complete all the stocks in in 2001 I think so been been part of the Ericsson family for a long time before uh, Jumping over to another company, which is now in the Enchouse uh, portfolio. It's been a fantastic journey just to being able to see the world. Roaming is uh, an area where, of course, it relates to travel, but in the telecommunications, uh, working with integration and, and customer project, 200 days a year uh, traveling. Uh, so I got uh, into, in, in Swedish we say you step on a banana shell, <laughs> basically, and that's how I got into the telecommunications. Henning, can you tell us a little bit more about Engiehouse's products and services? Yeah, Engiehouse as a company, it's Canadian based. We are around 2000 employees. We are spread all over the world, founded in the 80s, so it's been there for a long time. We have increased our portfolio and our capabilities, both by acquisitions and of course innovation related to the products that we develop. As a company, we basically have four main focus areas within three different verticals, I would say. Those four main focus areas are generally telecommunications, contact centers, software as a service, video platform software as a service, and transportation. And that's across then telecommunications, media, and the defense verticals. And I would say we position ourselves as in mission critical business-to-business systems. Uh, This is where we have our deep expertise. Uh, This is where we do innovation. This is where we do our delivery. This is where we develop our software. The the focus for our customers is reliable implementations. And um, in telecommunications, for example, we have both for BSS, OSS and VAS. And then outside telecommunications, we talk about infrastructure, TV as a service. So it's a broad portfolio with a lot of different small products or big products that combines into a really, really interesting ecosystem of of systems that supports the end-to-end processes that uh, any modern digital service provider would actually uh, utilize or need. Let's talk about roaming for a moment. You work in the roaming sector. What do you think is the biggest challenge in international roaming that we see at the moment? That's a good question. I think there are many challenges or maybe opportunities. It's, it depends on how you look at things. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you look at the history and where we are today, from a revenue perspective, regulations and the current pandemic is, of course, a big challenge to uh, address. I think during the pandemic, we saw that the impact of permanent roaming, for example, <laughs> made at least more visible and we need to find ways to embrace that model because in in some way permanent roaming or iot especially because i think permanent roaming is driven by iot needs to be addressed and we need to have regulations and technical implementations and bilateral agreements that supports iot i also see 
the 2G, 3G sunset, it's getting closer. We see parts of the world that is already closing down. The circuit switch networks, North America, for example, we closed it this year. So voice over LTE roaming, it's a technical challenge. There's not so much money in it from my perspective. The billing side of or the settlement side of voice over LTE is kind of straightforward, but the technical implications to implement it, it's a challenge to get it actually up and running. And then we have the voiceover new radio that is also coming with 5G, which needs to be taken into consideration together with voiceover LTE. Voice is still, I think, 25% of the roaming uh, volume, so it's, it's, it's a considerable amount to handle. It should not be forgotten. So voiceover LTE, of course, is important here. Every customer all over the world, world is expecting a roam-like home experience. That has an impact. That, that's the driver for OTTs. And how do we deal with OTTs? It's a competition in some way, but it's also, they are there. Uh, we need to find a way to, to actually leverage the fact that an MNO has a better service offering. Uh, how can you get users to actually use the MNO offerings all in all instead of just for some services when it comes to emergency calls and global reach. Small things, but in the whole picture, that's a challenge for international roaming at the moment, I would say. Now, I was going to say, it would appear that some operators, because of their lack with engagement on Volte, are even anticipating that their customers are going to use OTT. I can understand that, but I, I say that, that that means that you're giving up a little bit. You need to find ways to actually utilize that you are in a better position as an MNO. You have more services. And for me as a roamer, if I enter a country and cannot use my phone for except for the OTTs, that will be terrible for me, right? I cannot rely on the OTTs to be the single source of my, tra my, my communication. If you don't have that capability, for example, if I don't support Volta roaming, with my home operator does not support Volta roaming, that, that would be the, could be a major impact. Uh, throughout the history, there have, have always been challenges coming outside for telecommunications, trying to take parts of the revenue streams uh, and, and simplify things, etc. So it's always embrace what is happening, try to find a way to live with it and focus on actually moving up the value chain and, and make some money in relation to what the OTTs are doing. It does feel like telecoms solutions like voice calling or SMS are somehow our foundations on which we can get reliable service. You know, whereas the OTTs, okay, it's a fairly recent thing and probably in 10 years people may have a different perspective about it, but it still feels today very comfortable to get an SMS to actually be able to make a voice call even if you're choosing to make a voice call over an OTT application and not through the standard te telecoms, you always know you have the backup of a telecoms service if you want it, whereas not having one at all doesn't seem to me like a very reliable solution. It's a tricky question, right? But you need to find ways to deal with it. Considering these challenges that we're seeing in the industry right now, what is the what is the most critical change you think we must face as an industry in order to handle these challenges? I would say from, from a general perspective, and we've been touching this a little bit, but communication should be universally available 
we as angels, but as also other vendors or everybody that's working in the communication industry, we must be able to offer our services with, of course, the best user experience, secure, respecting privacy. Pricing is, I think, key element in, in this changing that we, we, we proceed. It needs to be different way of price things and we also need to consider the environmental aspects of like less energy intensity per data unit for example things like that what is the most interesting trend that you see for this year for 2021 last year we were talking about blockchain and then there's there's eSIM concepts and what is that going to bring to us in 2021? What are you hearing from the discussions you're having or what are you talking about internally? Uh, the most interesting trend I see right now is, of course, it's not a new trend, but it's, it's the acceleration uh, on the communications uh, infrastructure build-outs, 5G, for example. And that, of course, brings other things into the picture we need to move faster we need to embrace new technology 5g and iot is critical from that sense that you need to embrace it if you look at the aspects of the pandemic for example i would say that the communications infrastructure provided an immense and social economic benefit to world in lockdown but in this aspect of having our infrastructure in the telecom as uh, as the foundation the most interesting trend is the acceleration that we see of this essential communication infrastructure build out in terms of wholesale i see that the, the billing and charging evolution is definitely the most interesting trend for 2021 this, i think this is the year where many was hoping for voice over lte to kick off i think it will but in parallel we will see a drastic need for bce agreement to, to support IoT and uh, 5G roaming. Great, so let's talk about that. What is Engiehouse's involvement with BC Solutions then today? We do, of course, provide support for BC in our platform. And we, of course, are working with the subgroups in GSMA. We are working closely with our customers in that area, in the BC area. But most of all, we are providing a platform that will support end-to-end -end flows for BC. Having a strategy, having a single core, building a platform that is completely transaction agnostic. When we started to design our wholesale revenue management platform, it was in the, in the light of that any transaction should be treated as any type of transaction. Don't, you don't need to have specific type of transactions. Transactions are transactions, even if, if it's coming from, from offline. Uh, circuit switched or if it's, it's uh, reference data, if it's whatever, it, it's just a transaction. That's one of the foundations why we can, we can support BC since we expect a lot of transactions to process within, in, in the area, in the context of BC settlements, for example. It, it's a volume driven business. It's a lot of, a lot of transactions that will form the foundations for, for, for the settlements. Having a single platform to supporting all the traditional telecommunications or ways of doing settlements that we talked about before, well, like we talk about wholesale in terms of interconnect, roaming, fiber, IoT, capacity, revenue sharing, etc. Having that platform in mind and looking into BC, we did a quick step to adopt to, to that, quickly saw the potential that BC is bringing into the market. 
We reused a lot, of course, in our application since everything is, is already available. Most of the processes that BCE is uh, made of is uh, something that can be found in ad adjacent areas in roaming to some extent, in interconnect to a larger extent. Of course, we deliver platforms, we talk to our customers, we evolve with the standard and we have provide a platform that is capable of actually doing this end-to-end -end BCE file exchange and aggregation and dynamic rating as, uh, that is required to support 5G and IoT roaming initially. It sounds very interesting. What would you say makes Enchouse different then in this space? For me, the, the main driver uh, or the main disruptive thing that changed the way I saw and I did look at wholesale was actually the introduction of the iPhone. For me, being working with, with wholesale for a very long time, and with, when the, the iPhone was introduced, there was a lot of discussions amongst the vendors what, what should the future look like for wholesale and there was some some strong drivers around that wholesale will disappear eventually the iphone introduced a middle layer between the mno and the end user the end user started to look at the content and what you could do with your handset like the, the relationship between the end user and MNO was kind of tied to the services that the MNO was providing. But iPhone did introduce a new layer of applications and content that was then driving the end user experience. And from my perspective, that opened up for content as, as a driver or um, relationships. And I saw that, uh, or I thought at least that from an MNO perspective, in order to be competitive in that market or in, in the way the market will evolve, the MNO needs to increase itself in the, in the ecosystem or create new ecosystem with relationships with, which are basically made up of partners. So from a wholesale perspective uh, and from an enterprise perspective, you need, need to bring on different types of, of uh, partners to, um, to expand your offering and provide something that is more competitive to the market. And that does not necessarily mean that you need to come with a product or own all the products that you offer. And from that side, it's then, it has continued to grow. IoT was a couple of years after the iPhones or the M2M evolving into IoT just made me more and more sure about the importance of wholesale going forward. This is common knowledge today, right? That you as an MNO, you are constantly transforming your business in various directions. It's a digital transformation, but it's also a business transformation that is happening in parallel. From my perspective, this is all related to wholesale right now, because if you look at the trends in the market, when you look at horizontal transformation versus uh, vertical transformations, for example, you need to take a decision on what, what's your core asset and what you want to offer to your customers. And in the horizontal transformation, where you have your asset, which is access, but you bring in partners and suppliers with products to extend your offering to another enterprise or another customer. So that's a wholesale relationship. What, what is a customer? That's interesting, right? It used to be an end subscriber uh, or, or an interconnect partner long time ago. This has changed. 
Today we're talking about different type of enterprise relationships where the enterprises are using access as part of their offering to, to, to reach the broader market. And here the MNO can take different roles in that ecosystem, either provide, as I said, uh, from a horizontal perspective, uh, horizontal transformation perspective, actually provide a lot of other enterprises products on top of the access offering in order to enrich, uh, enrich the offering. For example, someone that is working with IoT. On the vertical transformation perspective, where you use the asset or use the access as the core asset, then you would like to utilize the access as much as possible. You would like as many enterprises as possible that to use your access. So if you have a 5G network, then you would like as many as possible to use your 5G network. Uh, you could you could work in collaboration with other MNOs, but you can also send sell uh, this capacity to, in, in of course, in slicing, but in other ways as well to utilize your asset as much as possible in a vertical transformation. But it's still an enterprise relationship, enterprise to enterprise, a business to business. And for me, that's a wholesale relationship. And that's um, why we uh, are different, uh, or why NJOS is different, is that we provide a platform that supports all these type of enterprise relationships. So. Our platform does not have any customizations, for example. We know that the, the MNO market is tired of customization, ha have been spending billions and billions of dollars on customizations over the years. And what we have done is that we provide a platform that does not have any customizations. It's all flexibility within a single core. If you talk about fiber, broadband capacity building, interconnect, roaming, IoT, it doesn't matter. It's a, the same platform. You can scale it up and down the way you want and it's mature. It's known to handle all the complexity that we know of, but it's also mature enough to handle what we think is coming and what we see is coming. And we cannot reach that new environment without taking into consideration what we did traditionally in telecommunications in the wholesale space. BC, it's, it really provides a more, more modern approach to the problem that we have. It's a business to business relationship. We know we're already everything about the B2C relationships. It's well, most of the things are already in our home networks. So we need to look at the partner to partner relationship. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and hope it gave you some new perspectives to think about. Until next time, this is Jason Bryan and you've been listening to The Slice from Rocker Radio.